Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number 12. Had to resist the temptation to call it, say, welcome to Stoon's cast. Stoon's <laughs> cast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, don't give, it, don't give it away yet. All right. We'll just save it. Um, so, all right. Let's just start with a, with a round of introductions. I have with me here, Davius Starjumper. How are you doing, Davius? I'm great. Excited. Awesome. Cool. Icy, how are you, man? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Looking forward to a round two podcast. Yeah, yeah. And Grim from Grim's Forge Gaming. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning. Good to be here. Um, so I figure we'll just dive straight into these announcements. So uh, anyone listening, you may have uh, noticed that it has been a mere one week since the last Scrolling Podcast episode. Uh, and you're also probably noticing that there are multiple voices yet again. So uh, what's going on here? There's, there's something afoot. Do you guys have any idea what's happening? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> all right. These guys are fighting out for the first time, too, along with all the listeners. Uh, uh, well, basically, we had such a good time recording um, that episode last weekend. Um, and we were we were so pleased with how it turned out in the end that uh, we all agreed to just keep doing it together uh, from here on out. Uh, in addition to that, it's going to be a weekly podcast from now on as well. Whereas up to now, it's been like once every four to six weeks, and it's just been me by myself. Um, so yeah, that's a brand new thing. It's a weekly podcast, and all four of us are going to be here every time, except, you know, maybe someone will have uh, something, some family thing or whatever. You might have to miss once in a while. Uh, that's exciting, right? Oh, yeah. yeah Very exciting times. It's going to be fun. I'm going to go ahead and edit in like a... Like some cheering noises right here. <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of editing going on here. We're going to really spice this thing up. <laughs> um, I'm super excited. I've been wanting to kind of transition to this kind of format for quite a while. Uh, you know, so far I've kind of thought of it as I'm just sort of delivering the news, you know, and it's just been me. Um, but I, you know, just like podcasts that I listen to, I really like to hear a conversation and I like to get to know multiple personalities and I sort of enjoy the the dynamic that exists between the different people. So I've been wanting to get that to go, uh, get that going here. Um, and I think just now the planets are aligning. I kind of have found a group of people that I think have the right kind of vibe uh, that I that I wanted to have here. So appreciate you guys being here and agreeing to do this and and, and all of that. This is awesome. Yeah, Thanks. happy to be here. We're we're the full newsroom now. Now we have weather, <laughs> sports. Yeah. <laughs> and for the Nord news, Davies. And for the Nord news. <laughs> Davies, how's the weather looking? Uh, yeah. March today. Yeah. Still a little cold. Cold we and cloudy. It. Back to you. We're drinking and eating, though. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So um, that's announcement number one. Announcement number two is related. So we made a brand new guild in the game. Um, I'll, let's give the listeners a moment to see if they can guess the name. <laughs> All right, time's up. The name is Stoon's Goods. <laughs> so uh, I think, I don't know, I think that's the best possible name we could have come up with. It was, it was completely inspired by the conversation we had last weekend, the, the, the first episode we recorded together. Um, I don't know what to say about this exactly. I mean, I have a couple things written down here, but it it's hard to know exactly what to say because we're still formulating the conception 
of the of the guild, what kinds of things we're wanting to do, and all of that stuff. Um, so that's still coming, and there's only like a few people. I don't think Icy is even in the guild yet. Icy, you need to drop one of your five guilds. So you become has to happen. one of the four members of the Students Goons, all right? <laughs> I will get on that right away. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, so yeah, we're just not getting this thing going. This is like the first time. I haven't even like uh, tried recruiting people in-game or anything yet. So we're just now kind of telling people about it. Um, so we do have a mission statement. That much, uh, I came up with a mission statement a few days ago, and I feel pretty good about it. So I'm just going to read that uh, to you guys right now. Stoons Goons is founded on the belief that everyone, no matter how OP, deserves to have their very own set of Stoons. That's why we are committed to providing a set of Stoons to every goon in our ranks. Stoons Goons. Stoons <laughs> Goons. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's that's kind of the um, that's a feature of the guild, I guess. For now, um, everyone who joins, you're getting a set of students. So as soon as you know the patch goes live and and that set's available, um, you join. You let us know what weight, what weapons, whatever. We're going to get you a set of students. Now we may not be able to gold it out, but we'll at least get you purple. Yeah. And that's what the students are all the students goons are all about: spreading the word of Stoon. Um, I actually did look up who Stoon is. It's an actual uh, dude in the Nordic pantheon. What do you have to say about that, Davius? Just the stars aligning perfectly. <laughs> That's all I can say to that. Just everything lining up perfectly. He apparently was the precursor. He apparently was the precursor to Stendar, who I think is kind of a big deal for Nords. Um, but uh, he basically invented the concept of taking prisoners of war rather than just killing everyone. So he's, you know, he has kind of a touch of mercy, you know, something like that. Got some, he's got some smarts, some mercy, you know. Yeah. Nord could use a little bit of that. I just thought that was cool because we were just making all these students jokes because of the armor set. And then we look into it and it's like, oh, it's a Nord thing. Davies is going <laughs> to, he's going to love this. Yes. It was just, it's, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's all good. I sense a uh, character deletion and creation here in the near future. <laughs> Possibly so. <laughs> you know, it works for any one of the characters. Every single one of them is a Nord. So. Yeah. You can just role play. They're all descendants of Stoon. <laughs> They're all just all descendants um, of Stoon. As far as like the, the vibe of the guild, Davius, I think you came up with this idea of how to, how to describe the guild, just the atmosphere <laughs> uh, and all of that. Do you want to give us your description? Yeah, so essentially Stoon is our Bill Brasky. This is the this yeah. is the Bill Brasky yeah. of ESO guilds. Exactly. I, I love it. I, I think that encapsulates the spirit of the Stoon's goods so perfectly. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's an it's an old SNL sketch. Uh gosh, how do you even describe it? It's like these middle-aged Just, salesmen that have like they're they're meeting at a bar and one of their like colleagues, mentors has passed away. This dude named Bill Brasky. And these dudes are all just getting drunk, toasting to this guy, just telling stories, you know, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And it's 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 a it's a fun vibe, really funny sketch. That's basically going to be the vibe with the students goons. We're just all going to be like cracking students jokes left and right forever and ever. Basically, if you if you don't know what we're talking about just right now. Take a pause. Go Google Bill Brasky. Watch the skit. Now you understand. Yeah. Dude's goons. If you watch that sketch and if you slightly chuckle, you're going to love the goons. Get in here. I love right. Stoons goons. 
<laughs> uh, so I, I like that. We don't even know what we're going to do. We don't even know what the point of the guild is, but we know everyone's getting stoons and Bill Brasky. All right. That much we do know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have do to add in more? too. There's a good, good chance. I think we, I think we can have it set that we're going to have goon night where yeah. everybody throws on their stoons. Yeah. And we roll into Cyrodiil or Imperial city. Everyone yep. get your, get your 10 piece stoons and let's go get your dizzy swing. And we're going to go wreck some people. <laughs> Good dizzy, dizzy swing on all five abilities. <laughs> yep. Don't you dare slide executioner or anything else. Right. Send me a screenshot of your skill bars. Yeah. No, you're out. You're out. Everybody check in. Everybody check in. Screenshot of the skill bars. You're good. You're good. It's looking an awful lot like a real build there. I don't know that we can have you along. Yeah. What do you have? A heel slotted? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're about in Goon Night. All right. I, as funny as that'll be a surprise, probably a surprisingly effective outing too, right? <laughs> well, be like so who are these guys? Like, yeah. These are amazing. I'm gonna, I'm going to create a guy and his name's going to be, I'm probably going to D-swing. <laughs> That's his name. I'm probably nice. going to D-swing. Probably going to D-swing. Nice. I like it. And yeah, probably so. That's probably, it could be probably just about everyone's name this next batch. Right. Um, so yeah, as far as uh, guild events go, yeah, that was, that was the one idea we had. We're going to have Goon Night. I think other stuff will come. We'll take feedback, of course, as well. Any ideas that um, listeners have, um, you can send me an email in-game at Ket Sparrowhawk is my in-game name. Um, if you want to request to be invited to the guild, that's where you can get a hold of me uh, or any suggestions or anything like that. Happy to, happy to hear about it. Um, we'll probably be fairly PvP-focused. But as with most guilds, you know, we're all doing all kinds of stuff, questing, crafting, uh, PVE, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll be getting into it all. But it's really just going to be just kind of a chill group of people to hang out with. It's kind of really going to be the idea there. Uh, and along with that, I'm also opening up the Discord, um, which is how we're all talking right now. We're in here all the time. I just realized we're, we're in the public channel, so hopefully no one jumps in here. <laughs> if anyone wants to be on the podcast, feel free to jump in right now. Jump in. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome on in. You're a new member, our fifth member now. Bye, guys. If you jump, if you jump in the podcast randomly, you better start off with just a, a Stoons Goons battle cry. Jump in with a Stoons joke, yeah. Um. But yeah, so um, we're not like a, a partner or affiliate or anything like that with Discord. So we don't have the custom URL. It's just the random generated thing. So I'll just put that link in the description of this podcast and pretty much any video or anything like that that I put up. Um, so you'll be able to find the Discord and come hang out with us here. Um, I'm at least always logged into the Discord server and all of us are here a lot of the time. So if you just want to hang out, come, come along. You guys have any other announcements you want to toss out before we move along to the next section welcome three two just one. gotta say i'm super excited about student scoots uh everybody <laughs> i recommend finding us joining up it's gonna be a lot of fun i hope you're ready for a lot of students jokes a uh, lot of students. especially this next batch it's just gonna be students jokes all the way down right <laughs> um all right. So uh, we're still kind of going to be figuring out what the format of this podcast is going to be. This is uh, still new really to all of us, even even though I've been doing it for a while. Um, this is brand new to me doing it with other people and doing it on a weekly basis. So we're going to be experimenting with the format a little bit. It might change up a bit over the next couple of episodes, but we got a we got a bit of a structure to go off of here. 
Um, so I think what we're going to do is just start off by talking about what we've been up to in the game. We'll just kind of take turns and each use that as a starting point to get a conversation going. Um, so I see, do you want to kick us off? Tell us what you've been up to in ESO lately, man. Um, so this week, uh, I've been working with my Daedric Trickery, uh, set, which I love a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure and, you're the only person I've ever seen that uses this set. <laughs> oh yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but I do love it. It gives you a, uh, you know, it procs every 10 seconds while in combat, um, and neither giving you major expedition, protection, vitality, mending, and heroism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you've been consistent with your daily uh, prayer to Moloch Ball, he will grant you <laughs> the buff that you need when you need it. And you just have to have I, faith. It's the faith. You just build. have to have faith in this Daedric uh, Lord. <laughs> so um, my only my only gripe with it is that the indicator uh, isn't as clear um, unless you're really focusing on your character, because um, the only the only buff that's noticeable is major expedition because it leaves a little green trail behind you so you can uh -huh. really take advantage of that when it comes up but um the all the other ones they're kind of hard to see so i think what i'm gonna do i know i was talking to Grim about it the other day i'm gonna create a daedric trickery add-on just for that it'll kind of be similar to the buff timer add-on that's currently that can be found on minion mm -hmm. but for whatever reason that's not working anymore at least from for my computer but i think i'm just going to create a daedric trickery icon um, add-on so that uh wow. it'll, it'll be a little bit more noticeable um so that you know when those procs do come up it'll be a lot easier to take advantage and utilize uh the set more effectively because i know in the little tournament that we did last night um there was a there was a moment where i was hiding behind a pillar just waiting you know just doing my my molag ball prayers and of <laughs> course he gave me major protection and i went in and i think i i, I uh, got the kill right after right after that point so um yeah it, it is uh useful when you uh take effective of it that's so uh that that's been my thing this week that's cool man so you find that you're getting pretty good at like recognizing like oh i have this buff now so i need to i need to slip into this kind of play style uh, oh and now i have this buff i better shift into this gear now and do you find that you're really changing your play style up as the fight goes on um i want to say that i do but it's you know once you're in the, <laughs> the heat of battle you know you kind of lose focus sure, and, sure, sure. <laughs> you know the only one i can really say is major expedition is like really comes through because that way yeah. you know if we're in the imperial sewers and we got to chase someone down you better believe major expedition just propped up so now i can easily run them down um and uh you know cc him so we guys so we can close in on the kill there so um but i, I think the well you know once i get the add-on going it'll be a lot easier to at least notice the buffs when they come up so that we could take advantage of it what's the uh what's the other sets that you're running with uh trickery well um so for my cc nord uh dk she's got <laughs> What has she got? Daedric Trickery, Twice Born Star, and Mighty Chudons. And then my regular uh, Red Guard Stam DK, she's got the Daedric Trickery. What else does she have? Merkulden. Merkuldens and Engine Guardian, which I just call that my RNG simulator set. <laughs> yeah, that's a wild, <laughs> that's just a wild time happening right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's cool because, you know, if you, if you recognize when the buffs are up, you can, you know, you're, you're, you're a powerhouse for the, for those few moments. 
and then, you know, there's, there's kind of play to it. So, you know, it's not overpowered because once they're not up, that's on my, one of my, my weakest. Yeah, so yeah. I, I like it. It's a, I'd say it's balanced, uh, but well, you don't know when, when it's going to happen, but <laughs> you know, that's part of the, it's part of the fun. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, we've been enjoying that CC build running around in Imperial city. You've been, uh, making the fights a lot easier for us just by making life miserable for all of our enemies. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, freaking what is that? I got six six forms of CC on my front bar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's nuts. Major um uh, what is it? Minor maim. I got two stuns, a knockback, uh some snares. Good lord. Movement uh speed reduction. It's all over the place. And with 3000 recovery <laughs> and max resistances, ain't nobody getting away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just absolute absolute cancer. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Uh cool, man. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Uh no, no. That's uh that's it for me. All right. Davius Starjumper, what have you been up to lately, man? I have been working on my or preparation for my uh, vampire build for this upcoming set. Uh, name of the character, the never ending Nord. Best name ever. <laughs> pumped, <laughs> pumped about this name. Fantastic. Uh, name. Perfect yeah, name for a vampire too, right? Never yeah. ending. He never dies. Yeah. <laughs> the never ending Nord. It's, it's, yeah. it's everything I want to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, working on him. I'm I'm leveling up pretty slowly just because it's just it's mainly just in preparation until that patch drops because uh, yeah. I won't be able to really finish out the build until the patch drops because all the changes coming. Right. Um, but I did I did go onto the build editor and play around with the build, uh, and I am really really excited. I think it's gonna actually work out. I think it's pretty wild. Um, the idea of it is to use health as my main sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which sounds scary. It does sound scary, but I do major, you know, I, I double down on the vampire idea of cost reduction on abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so a lot of cost stage reduction. Stage four vampire with the vampire lord set, right? Yes. So stage four vampire, vampire lord set. Um, and then the new cost, the new prismatic uh, cost reduction um, glyph on the jewelry. So what's that like? Eighty-five um, percent cost reduction? How much cost reduction? I don't, like I don't know. 40, I don't know 50%? the exact. It's a lot. I don't know the exact math on it. I can read you some numbers of kind of tooltips of what I have. My main spammable is the vampire ability. I've got that down to around nine hundred health for the spammable cost, which yeah. I think I can even get that lower because I think the build editors not quite uh, yeah, factoring in the, the jewelry glyph yet. Um, but misform, I did the blood miss where, uh, you deal damage and heal while you're in it. I can, uh, I've got that down to 333 magicka per second. Wow. Cost of, of blood yeah. mist. And that, that's uh, a, that's a toggle ability now. So you activate that ability, yeah. you stay in misform until you activate it to again, to go out of it. So it's 330 magicka a second. That's incredible. Yeah, so I can I can stay in that for uh, a good chunk of time, and it, uh, also really exciting is that I have the uh, perfect scion, the new vampire morph. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got that down to one twenty seven ultimate, uh, and the build is a Nord, of, of course. Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, about that. Um, sorry to cut you off. I just, no, no, go ahead, go I, ahead. I wanted to focus on that because I hadn't realized that the vampire lord uh, ultimate was so cheap. Um, well, so it it uh, 
it's doubling down on the stage four vampire and the and the uh, the vampire lord set is what's yeah. bringing it down. But yeah, yeah, you can get it down to that that cheap, yeah, pretty, and pretty easily. It made me realize that like maybe the the whole idea of like if you're really wanting to super go into to being a vampire and playing the vampire playstyle, the whole idea is to be in that form most of the time. It seems like because it's a twenty second long duration, right? So I feel like you're yes, going to be able to, you're going to be, the fact that it lasts that long and, and the ultimate, ultimate costs so little, you're going to be able to spend, I don't know, at least half your time in that form, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and it works really well. The, my That's one of my favorite parts with this build is that, you know, almost all my abilities cost health. So I'm slowly melting my own health. I've got a lot of heals, you know, the misform, I do the heal. So I have ways to heal up, but I'm, I'm spending health to do my abilities and while it's really low cost, you know, 900 health for spammable, um, I've got the toggle on um, weapon damage for 700 health uh, per yeah. second. Uh, but as soon as I pop into that uh, that ultimate uh, scion, uh, it instantly fully heals me. So if I can kind of go through rotations slowly, kind of work my health down, keep heals up, and then once I get too low, kick on the ultimate and then just start it right back over again. Yeah, yeah. So you can use it defensively and offensively, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, when I'm in the form, you know, I'm just going right back into uh, See, going through things. I've been thinking of it as like comparing it, obviously, to the the Goliath, the Necromancer ability, where you transform into the Goliath, and that thing costs 250 ultimate. Uh, it also lasts 20 seconds, but it's a totally the the fact that it costs so much more i feel like makes it an entirely different thing that's just something that you know when you can you can pop that thing maybe if it's an emergency or something like that it seems to be when most people use it uh, but otherwise the fact that it costs so much ultimate you know you're only going to be spending so much time in that form so you're not really relying on that at all um just situationally whereas with this build you're talking about here like you very well may be in that form more often than than not you know, that, yeah. that might be just what you are most of the time is that form. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with Bloodspawn even through the patch just to kind of help, you know, being a Nord with their regular ultimate gain. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to use Bloodspawn for the ultimate gain to, to kind of help get into that form a little bit quicker. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about the build. I Once I kind of put it in the build editor, I kind of started seeing how it's going to work out. And you're, uh, you're going to use the ultimate morph that takes you to stage five vampirism, right? Yeah, I'm going to start with that one. I think both of them could be good, but I, I like the, the the stage five is, you know, you get all the buffs of stage four, but you get no negative drawbacks. And so yeah. uh, I think, I mean, so you already, he when you're in the, when you're in the scion form, you heal for 15% of all damage you deal. And so, and then since you're stage five, all your health recovery would come back. Yeah. Uh, and then you lose your, you know, weakness to uh, fire. So, uh, and your class abilities cost normal amount, or your non-vampire abilities cost a normal yep, amount. Class abilities cost normal. I don't, and I, you know, I, it it's seems a, like the way to go. If you're going for this build where you're going to be in that form a lot of the time, it seems like that morph is for sure the way to go. I'm really excited about it. It's a the um, it's a necromancer vampire. So I have a lot of the necromancer free. Um, uh, what am I? What's the word? I'm <laughs> no, the here. tethers. Tethers. The tethers. Thank yeah. you. Uh, no I have a lot we of the tethers. Edit that. It'll sound fine. <laughs> <It'll sound> fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that perfectly when it happens. 
Uh, no, but we have the, uh, I have a lot of the tether abilities and really, uh, I have the, the, the ultimate generating tether ability. That's probably the one I would use a lot just to kind of get more to that corpse, uh-huh. uh, or the scion, I mean, but, um, it works out because all these tether abilities have passives that as soon as they're slotted, they do things. Um, so it just, it just, yeah. everything, every ability kind of just seemed to really feed off each other. Um, the necromancer has the, uh, health costing, um, cleanse, which I was already planning on using that anyways, because you know I'm spending health. But the passive ability of that cleanse is that when it's slotted, the cost of all your abilities is reduced by three percent. So yeah, uh, it just kind of really seemed like a good a good match. So yeah. I'm really really excited to get this character um, leveled up and and when the patch launches, kind of really set it up and see how it works out. Very cool. I'm pumped to see it in action. Seems like Necromancer is a really great choice for Vampire because of because they have multiple f- free abilities. They have that that cleanse that costs health. So it seems like as a class, they're not getting impacted nearly as much by all that cost increase you get from being a vampire. Um, so it'd be a very good choice. Cool, man. Um, any anything else you want to talk about, or should we move on? Um. I think that's I think that's everything. That's mainly what I've been focusing on this week. That's just that and our you know our regular. We um, if anybody doesn't already know, we do hang out in Imperial City a lot. So if you guys are ever down there, um, yeah. try to find us. Yep, we're down there. Try to find us. Try to fight us or join us. Try, whatever. Try to fight us or join us. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, man. Well, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing that in action here in a few weeks. Uh, let's move on. Grim from Grim's Forge Gaming. How you doing, dude? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. What have you been up to here lately? Uh, just got a stamina Templar build done and for um, a friend, and we got that video out, and then I switched uh, Spartan back to Magplar, Sweet. and that's where he's home at. Yeah, I like that build a lot. And then... Um, Is that... Would you say that's your main, or... Yeah, at one time he was, but yeah. I find myself... Uh, jumping around on a bunch of different things now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to pick just one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the new flavor of the month, right? Yeah. You can feel that. And um, yeah, so he's back to Magicka and I kind of feel at home on him. And then uh, I just hosted a dueling tournament at my house in game. And so, and we oh, that's kind right. of do- I see. You didn't mention it. I see won that tournament, right? He did. Yeah, I see one. Actually, he's two-time returning champion now. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he, and yeah, he's hitting us with the, humble, the, the humility. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's usually the best way to play it. You know, I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was a magic game. We go, I see. What have you been up to here lately? Oh, well, you know, I won a du- dueling tournament two in a row. No big deal. 100, 100K gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never say that <laughs> all right back to grim back to grim all right oh, you hosted, just, hosted the dueling tournament yeah i do the dueling tournament it's uh for great glory it's one of the guilds that i'm in and i kind of head up the pvp training at um area for that and kind of a mentorship and um so we do beginner dueling tournaments to intermediate and then advanced and uh we have different levels to it. So like if you were to look at legend, um, the guild legend and Mm -hmm. see what their rules are for dueling pretty 
extensive, you know, like two, a lot of rules, two pages. And one of those uh, rules good. right now is stamina necromancer, not allowed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't allow, you know, to, you know, anywhere from two to four class abilities per class because they've kind of been listed as overpowered. And, you know, there's a lot of things. And I think that that's definitely for like the end game, but for newer PVPers that are just learning how to put rotations together and just learning um, their very first experience in a dueling tournament, I'd like it to be a little bit more lax on the rules. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we do. We actually um, do it inside my home. I have an arena built outside, but we do it inside my home where the pillars are. And we even allow for line of sight. Okay. And um, so if you, I think as a new player, it's probably important to establish the importance of being able to line a site to oh, yeah. help themselves. And they don't abuse it because they're newer players. They're just trying to figure out how to use it. And we've all run into the highly skilled line of sight people in Imperial City. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't want that rule if they were in a dueling tournament. Right, <laughs> you know, right. you're never going to kill that person. <laughs> but for the newer players, they use it occasionally, not too often, and just enough to um, make it worthwhile. And so now for the intermediate, we'll take that away. You're not going to be able to line a site. And um, we have, we allow um, all classes. Uh, they do have to submit their armor sets to me within 24 hours before the tournament. And they have to submit their first and second bar um, of abilities. And nobody knows what anyone else is coming as. So you kind of need to plan accordingly, you know, what, I, what might I run into and I need to be ready for it all. And we don't allow people to swap those abilities. They'll be disqualified if I see them using mm -hmm. an ability that wasn't submitted. We don't allow poisons either. Uh, oh. Weapon poisons. Interesting. Yeah. Only because the newer players, like advanced players could completely, newer players are having a hard time with their sustain. Yeah. Have you got some resource draining poisons in there? Yeah, resource draining poisons oh, would wreck yeah. their day. And so we don't want that. And also if you put hindrance poisons or the poisons that cause the root or snare, um, now all of a sudden they don't know why they can't move anywhere. Yeah. And, and so I don't want, I want it to be a player versus player experience for them, not a player versus poison experience. And sure. so, um, now we allow sets that have poison, um, procs or poison abilities. We just don't yeah. allow the weapon poison. Yeah, so. the actual like poison alchemy item. Exactly. Yeah. And so we had to explain that to everybody. And um, so I've just been training a lot of new people. We've probably, the, over the last two, two weeks, I brought 12 new people into the guild and they're all PVPers, uh, newer PVPers. And we've just been working through each one of them and they're builds and rotations and their level of understanding that's awesome to have people like you out there just making sure people are somewhat prepared when they venture out into pvp so they don't have a bad experience right out of the gate and just go uninstall the game or whatever yeah that's happening a lot right now in bgs which should be a topic that we'll yeah base on later yes but. totally um I just wanted to go back to that line of sight thing you were talking about because, you know, that's actually the main reason I would say that I, I personally don't like dueling. Um, 
you know, outside of if, if I'm in Imperial City or something, and I get a 1v1 going. That's that's fun. But um, just like in the overworld, just like inviting someone else to duel isn't a lot of fun for me because, you know, at a, at a high level, when you're when you're an experienced player playing against other experienced players who are really into dueling, like that's the main thing that they do. You know, the 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 combat gets distilled we've talked about this before the combat gets distilled down into the meta super super quickly with with advanced players uh yeah. and basically if you're not coming to the fight with a dueling meta build you stand no chance whatsoever and if you have some kind of you know for fun build that does a lot of roll dodging and kiting and line of sighting you know that's kind of my preferred play style it has no place in dueling um, and in fact, you can't even do it. If you try to play that way, you'll for, you'll end up accidentally forfeiting the duel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like incorporating line of sight into the duels, not yeah. for the advanced guys that would like the Imperial City guy that we run into on, and yeah. we chase him for like two minutes around a post. And we're just like, hell with that guy. And we, you know, let's go. Let's go to the next district because like who wants to chase that guy for five minutes oh, or yeah. 10 minutes. And yeah, totally. um, I've, I've been that person many times. I've been actually both of those people many times. <laughs> right. Right. But in a dueling tournament, when it's one V one and the, I only have three judging criteria. Uh, one of them, these are actually mixed martial arts or combat sports judging uh-huh. criteria. And it's uh, damage inflicted ring generalship and aggression. And as long as you're displaying, you know, at least two out of those three and say the fight goes the duration for five, five minutes or whatever, then we're going to judge accordingly to that, you know, ring generalship, aggression, damage inflicted. Uh And and so that's how we judge it. Um, Now, this tournament yesterday, actually, I for the beginners, I give them a couple options at the beginning. And one of the options I, I asked them, I said, do you want to use our judging criteria or do you want to fight to the death? You know, and of course, some okay. of the people are like to the death, right. you know. <laughs> and so but they need to understand what they're accepting in that moment and what they're potentially accepting is that some fights will go long. And we might run into a real life time crunch where people are like, I need to take the dogs for a walk. I need to feed the kids. I need to do anything other than watch these two people try and kill each other. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like we're going on 20 minutes now. And so um, they need to understand that. And then we give them the option on using an alt dump strategically. So we before the bite, the bout begins, um, they're the about or a fight with somebody consists of three fights best two out of three um and even if you win the first two we'll we will still do the third fight just for experience sake you know even though you cannot they clearly won they won two out of the three we're going to do the third one anyways just so that way you guys get an extra round in and yeah more experience and so because that's what it's about but we give it to them and say, do you guys want to do an alt dump at the beginning? And then, um, no alt dumps through the course of the three fights. So you could strategically use your ultimate in say round two or round three, line up your burst, or do we want to do an ultimate dump before each fight out of those three? And so you're starting with zero ultimate at the beginning or not zero, but lower ultimate because yeah. you'll generate ultimate just doing an ultimate. <laughs> so, right, right. 
Um, and so most of the time they want to be able to strategically use it. So both parties, we have like locker rooms set up with training dummies and they'll do an alt dump and, uh, start the first fight and then strategically use it to their advantage through the three fights. So that's cool. And there's so many intricacies to <laughs> dueling and in, in these tournaments and stuff. It is really cool. Something I would like to see. I doubt it ever happens, but it would just make me happy if it did. It would be if dueling were made like an open world thing where you don't have to stay in the confines of the dueling area. Like you and another player accept a duel invite and now you're both just aggroed no matter where you go. Uh, that, <laughs> that would, would be awesome. That would be great. You could just have the whole <laughs> overworld as your arena. Why does the three musketeers come to, come to mind? I picture like us jumping off the top of a castle and sliding down. <laughs> they're pursuing you and fighting you all the way through. It would be the, incredible, yeah. I think the it stables. Would yeah. Imagine like the you could do like a, a freaking cross Tamriel manhunt. You know, like it would it, it would be. Fun. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard to do. You just have to you know a quick easy option to to end the duel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just forfeit. You could just forfeit any time from yeah. the menu or whatever. That would be, be, a cool would be hilarious. Doubt it we happens, do, but. along that manhunt, we do um, a mini game. Um, and it's just kind of on the, on the spot if we have enough people online. And um, we'll go down to Imperial City and I jump on one of my EP tunes and everyone else jumps on either DC or AD tunes. Uh -huh, and okay. I tell them what district I'm in and I'll carry 10K Telvar on me. <laughs> yeah. And um, come and get it. Yep, come and get it. And <laughs> so that's pretty fun. They part partner up, you know, like three or four of them will jump on their AD, three or four will jump on DC. Icy was involved in the last one and I was on my Mandalorian uh, Stamina Nightblade build so he could kind of tell you what it's like being on, you know, being the hunter. Okay. Um, but it was a lot of fun for me, um, you know, trying to pick and choose, you know, and I'm not just running from them. If I can take one of them out right in front of the other one, I'll do it and, yeah. and then disappear like, yeah. into the shadows. <laughs> like the predator. <laughs> Yep, yep. Awesome. Yeah, but I see this. It's frustrating as hell, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's you know, a lot whenever of whenever I'm on my Nightblade, you know, I always get caught. But when I'm trying to catch them, they always get away. <laughs> yeah, they can be so crafty and slippery, especially the ones that utilize that shade, man. You just can't touch oh, yeah. them. You cannot touch them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. That that's a fun little mini game, though, a manhunt game in Imperial City, and, yeah. and uh, I like that game. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll maybe we'll incorporate that into the students' goons. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, that could be fun. Also, like you had an idea of like basically like putting out a hit on someone. Like if maybe like maybe I'm out in Imperial City or Cyrodiil and I get three v one. And they kill me, and then one of the one of the three people teabags me or something. And if I if I get mad, I can be like, "All right, all right, goons, hundred k, hundred k, whoever can give me a screenshot of this some this person dead on the ground." You know? oh, yeah. Here's his name, number, social security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so there's even another level to that too, because I had been thinking about that. So you could have a guild writ you know, an assassination writ for a particular player um, who's causing problems. And then you could also have um, in-game people that are clients and they're offering, you know, hey, I will give, I'm going to pay the guild 100K gold or 50K or whatever it is, but I want to see this person 
dead. They're, they've killed me like 50 <laughs> times while I'm trying to quest. You know, we would be like wanna... our own dark brotherhood, basically. <laughs> yes, People absolutely. Can just take out contracts. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it'll be so fun, you know. And so we just have a list, and they might qualify for both. They're a guild writ, and they're a client writ, and so it might be a 200k, you know, target. <laughs> That's and, hilarious. I love that idea. That's yeah. Awesome. So now <laughs> there is a gray area, and. That gray area is what if that person starts complaining like I'm being targeted or I'm being bullied or whatever, when in fact, you know, they were the person that was handing out tea bags and and hunting lobies, you know. Yeah. So I I mean, I like to think that we wouldn't take it too far, hopefully, uh, you know, if we all target one person one time and then it's over, I feel like we can all be happy and and move on from that. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but I think that that would be a really cool aspect that I haven't seen anybody uh, pull off just yet. So, yeah. All right. Grim, anything else you want to talk about, man? That's it. Later, um, you know, just talking about um, current state of PvP and Battlegrounds. Yeah. Yeah. We got that coming up here in a little bit. All right. Well, I'll talk about what I've been up to. Um, so, as you guys know, I've been spending a whole lot of time with my Magic of Dragon Knight. Um, just piecing that build together. I've been playing it kind of in an incomplete state for a few weeks now, just because I've, I've been enjoying it so much. I just want to play it, even though it's incomplete. Uh, finally got it all done. All the pieces are transmuted. Everything's gold. I got try stats on all the body pieces. It's totally done. I made the build video. It's on YouTube. Um, and it's just awesome, man. I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm starting to you know, work on other builds now, but I'm, I'm already like really wanting to go back to that Magna cage. It's, <laughs> it's so much fun and it's just absolutely a devastating build. Uh, I mean, it just annihilates everyone in my path and I f- I'm finding that it has spoiled me, like spending the last few weeks playing on that build, having so much damage and so much AOE damage. Uh, and now like the last few days I've been playing on my Stamplar uh, and I'll try to do the same kinds of things I did on my mag DK, just dive into a group of 10 people and see how many people I can take out at once. And it just doesn't work that way, <laughs> the way the way it does with my mag DK. Um, so I'm having to like relearn how to play um, as, as not that build. But uh, yeah, totally awesome build. If you're looking for a Magic of Dragonite build um, that is very AOE focused, uh, very glass cannon, super, super high damage, a lot of fun. Um, let's check out my YouTube channel, Kit Sparrowhawk. Uh, you'll find that there. Um, so yeah, then now I'm moving back uh, to my Stamplar, which is my main, my PvP main. Her name is Old Betsy. She's my very favorite. Uh, and I'm toying around with some ideas on how to change this character up uh, going into the next patch. Um, I think I have the build mostly figured out, but I'm very undecided on the on the monster set. So I'll I'll just give you guys a, a kind of a preview of, of the setup I'm I'm looking at right now. It's extremely basic, but it it's it's very it's really good, I think, especially on a stampler. So um, it's Bone Pirate, which I actually already was using. So I'm still using Bone Pirate. Um, and I'm using Hulking Draugr. And right now I'm using Slime Craw. And that's the part I'm really undecided about is the monster set. Um, Slime Crawl is good. I, I was using Troll King. Even though it's getting nerfed, I still think it's a good option. So I'm still thinking about keeping that around. Um, but I think what I really, really want is that Grundwolf monster set. Uh, and that's the one where you deal critical damage and it restores 
Well, right now it restores 1,000 of your primary resource and 500 of your off resource. And that can happen, I think, every five seconds. It's getting nerfed this next patch, but I still think it's going to be very good. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to do on on uh, on Betsy. The the slime crawl is nice. The damage is good, but it, it has zero effect on my ability to heal. Uh, and since I'm getting rid of Troll King, I'm I'm, loo I'm losing a layer of protection. Um, so I think if I put Grundwolf on there. That'll give me enough sustain where I can I can trade some of my actual recovery stat for damage. So I'm still getting more damage, almost the same amount I would get with Slime Craw, but it's also helping my healing out as well. So I'm not taking such a hit on the defensive end of things. I feel like that you I feel like that you you're going, you know, you're kind of still deciding the monster sets. I feel like it's just just a countdown. The monster sets are just placeholders until you get your hands on the ring of the wild hunt. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's all these monster sets are. As soon as you get a hold of that ring, no more monster set issue, no more deciding which one. That ring's going on. Yeah. For the Stamplar, you are 100% correct, and I won't even have to think <laughs> about the build at that point. I, I, uh, because it's just obvious what it'll be. But uh, it'll be the ring and stones, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we will only ever refer to it as the ring. <laughs> the ring. <laughs> uh, One ring to rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> My assumption is that it's probably going to be a lot of effort to get a hold of that ring. Uh, and so I'm, I'm putting together a non mythic build. Um, <laughs> and even, you know, for other people, cause I'll make a video for this build and, Something that I, I like all my videos to be builds that are fairly easy to put together. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just have a build made of all this really difficult to get stuff and be like, yeah, look how good it is. But then whoever's watching is like, yeah, but I'm not going to be able to get a hold of that stuff. So that's not for me. You know, I try to use stuff that's pretty easy to get I a think, hold of. I think that's actually huge too for your builds because they're all obviously very effective. I've seen them in action. Um, but I think that's actually really cool too because um you know years ago when i used to look up you know try to find builds and things like that i would go online and when i was a new player trying to find a build i'd go on and i'd find this build that sounded you know oh this sounds great this sounds really cool and then i'd scroll through it and it was you know all of these pieces that just at the time just seemed completely unobtainable and it just really kind of demoralized me i was like well i don't even think like and then i just end up trying for a little bit and then i just end up giving up on trying to go over that build so i think that's actually yeah. really really cool and and we all have like each other and guildmates and stuff that we're close to we can always ask someone uh you know we can try to get a trial run together or uh, an arena run together and we're kind of fortunate in that regard now but you know i know myself for the longest time i just kind of played this as a solo experience and I, I didn't really have people that i could just round up and go do that kind of stuff and i know a lot of people are that way um so you know, it's. I think it's. I, th I like to focus on builds that are just kind of somewhat easy to put together, uh, for that yeah. reason. But I am definitely going to do a mythic version of this build once I get that <laughs> ring. Uh, it's just, it's going to be this exact same setup. It'll be Bone Pirate, Hulking Jogger, One Piece Molog Kenna, and the Ring. Uh, that that'll be that build for sure. But until then, I gotta. I got some thinking to do. I'm thinking Grundwolf. It's going to be and, the. And Good luck trying to see the character as the flash goes by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that um, live stream yesterday, they showed off that ring. Um, they put it on a character and uh, just ran around a little bit. Uh, it's fast. I mean, it's 
it looked like the person was sprinting around, but they they were not, you know, holding the, sh the sprint button at all. And uh, a point that I saw someone bring up on a forum is that I'm pretty sure this ring is going to allow you to run at the speed cap while in stealth. Because uh, uh, yeah, because you're going to get more than this. You're going to get more speed than sprint gives you without having to sprint. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Blades are yeah. going to love that. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Going back to your Stamplar build, did yeah. you know, I, I just did a Stamplar video. It was like a tanky Stamplar, but, um, did you, ha are you having issues? You said that you were running, um, troll King, um, yeah. to help with like the incoming healing. And I made a comment on my video that I think without dual wield and blood craze and that extra heal coming in over time, I felt like Stamplar was short, short on heals. Also, you've got your vigor and then you've got your ritual uh, cleansing ritual that has a little bitty hot on it. But that was kind of the extent of it. Did you feel, do you feel that same way? There's not a lot of heals. Um. Well, I have on mine. I have the ritual, and I have vigor, and and I use rally. Mm -hmm. uh, I think bet between those three, it's pretty good as long as I remember to always cleanse first. I think that's the important thing for me, so that mm -hmm. the so that any healing that I do after that isn't having to fight anything. Right. Um, so that that's the main thing for me. But I was running around Imperial City a lot yesterday without Troll King, and as long as I wasn't super outnumbered, I felt like survivability was okay. Uh, um, repentance is great but yeah. it's not always an option like yeah. you got to have dead things for it so yeah totally i i kind of felt left out there from time to time where i was just relying on my rally relying on my vigor to keep me up through a lot of burst so yeah i was trying to move away from troll king i feel like it is a bit of a crutch that i i rely on um i'm thinking that grunt wolf will give me good enough sustain that um my survivability will come from just being able to continue using my abilities and dodging and running and, and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of what I'm trading there. Um, I know Bone Pirate and Hulking Draugr seems like a pretty plain Jane vanilla setup, but I, I, I really think it is very, very good on a Stamina Templar, especially because they're I'm basically doing the build video right now. <laughs> but they... They're unique amongst other stamina specs. They have hardly any reliance on Magicka whatsoever. So I think a lot of people dismiss Hulking Draugr because they're looking at the total amount of um, stat points that it gives you. And they're thinking, well, by the time I invest into the amount of Magicka and health and everything that I need, it's really not all that much. Uh, so, you know, they start comparing it to Shacklebreaker and that seems a lot more attractive. Uh, which I, I agree most of the time, if you're looking, if you're comparing those two, go with Shacklebreaker. Uh, but for a Stamplar, you don't need that Magicka. All, all you have is cleanse, nothing else. Um, so piling that stamina as high as you can get it gives you nothing but benefits. Um, so I, I think Hulking Draugr for a Stamplar is actually very, very good. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about this build. It's going to be fun. Um, other than that, I've just been hanging around in Imperial City with you guys quite a bit. That's basically my new home because Battlegrounds has no grouping right now. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Grim has some stuff he wants to say about it. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of PvE as well. Just we, we each have things we're trying to farm to get builds together. So we've just been trying to kind of help each other out with that. 
Uh, been making a ton of gold, selling Hacky Joes and key fragments. This is That's the best part about Imperial City, but I've become very wealthy in a short amount of time just collecting <laughs> those things and selling them. Uh, and there's just been a lot of really amazing fights down there. It's been cool. Um, yeah, that's about all I've been up to. That's enough, right? <laughs> that's enough. It's a, it's a mouthful. So next up, we have some news slash patch notes stuff. I figure this will be the section where we talk about all of that. Uh, we'll start with just what's going on um, on the on the live server or just in the out in the world relating to ESO. Um, number one, the Graymore release has been pushed back to May 26th on PC. I'm sorry to not catch the console release, but it's probably what two weeks after that. Or something like that. about what it is. May 26th for PC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they gave a preview for this new antiquities system. Uh, there was a live stream yesterday on Bethesda's official Twitch channel. The video is still up if you want to check that out. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, they just kind of showed a bit more details about how this antiquities system actually works, like how what, what the abilities do, um, how you find the things, um, and all that sort of stuff. It's pretty cool. They demonstrated basically the whole beginning to end thing and answered some some questions that people had about it. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. If, if if this is something that interests you at all, I think it's worth going and watching that video because they, they do answer a lot of questions that I had. The the biggest takeaway that I uh, that I had from this thing is um, from the excavation skill line. This is one of the new skill lines that goes along with antiquities. One of the uh, abilities that you get there is um, keen eye for treasure chests. So, you know, um, like in the crafting skill lines, like for clothing, you can get keen eye. And then from then on, uh, all the ancestor silk that you see out in the world is glowing from far away. And you can you can spot it and go see it. Go, go get it. Well, now you're going to get that for treasure chests. And they said it's going to work in dungeons, too. Um, so that's freaking huge i think i mean think of all the think of all the night blades that just go chest farming in city of ash or whatever you know it's going to make their lives so much easier um, that's an awesome right. building uh, i was going to jump in there june 9th is the console release date. june 9th thank you thank you with the quick oh, google no <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, but uh going back to this treasure chest i think this is awesome i mean i think we can all just think about how many treasure chests we've missed <laughs> through our hundreds of dungeon runs that we've done just yeah I and mean, in some dungeons so they like blend into the environment so you don't even yep. notice them so solve them or out. they're like up around a tree and you just you never really go in that area and so uh, i think this is awesome i think it's really exciting it's a really clever way to for them to ensure that a lot of people are going to want to get this skill line you know even if people are like oh, i don't care about antiquities they're going to want to get that passive at least yeah I wonder why there's like a disconnect between that new passive that they're going to introduce when, you know, we already have a system in the Imperial City where the chests are highlighted purple. So you could see them from a miles, you know, miles away. Yeah. I wonder if you those know? chests will be affected or if they'll just have the purple and, and nothing else or if they'll glow yellow as well, yellow and purple. It'll be blinding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or what if, what if they actually removed that 
highlighted feature in Imperial City. So now you have to rely on this new passer from the tree to see them. Why do they glow purple? Does that indicate that you'll be safe while while picking that lock? Is that what that means? No, you're not. No, you're not? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. That's when a lot of gankers wait. They'll so wait then, until you're... Why do they glow? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway... Definitely going to be getting that keen eye for the treasure chests for sure. Going to be awesome. I'm once again. I'll, I'll say it again. I, you know, I said it a lot last week. I'm really ex- excited for antiquities. I think that. Yeah. Uh, I think that it just the more and more I learn about it, the more and more it just gets a little bit bigger, a little bit more useful. Um, uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a pretty big addition to the game. Yeah, and they. After watching that live stream, it it kind of became clear to me that it's going to be a pretty low stress activity. It's actually going to be pretty easy. I think like if you fully max out the skill lines, have every, you know, everything, every tool that they make available, it's uh, it seems like it's actually going to be pretty easy. Even like the most mythic, like the most rare, most complicated puzzles seem like they're fairly easy to solve. Uh, and even if you fail, um, you get to keep trying like over and over and over again. Uh, so it doesn't like go away or anything like that. Uh, the biggest, I, I need, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was gonna say the, the biggest question I have is, um, so basically the way, um, the way you start these, um, these treasure hunts is you, you get something called a lead and it's basically like a special type of quest. It goes into your quest journal rather than a, an item in your inventory. And I think they said it it's on a 30-day timer. So once you get that that special quest, it expires after 30 days. And that's how much time mm-hmm. you have to, to get it. So you can't just hoard them up. And then I think they said the the leads, the type of leads that you find, like say you want a lead to get the Thrasian Stranglers. Well, those that the specific leads for that specific items are found in specific places or doing like certain types of activities. So like figuring out where to look to get the kind of lead you're looking for, I think is going to be a thing. Um, so that's interesting. They also said um, no two are alike. So you can't just look up like how to solve the puzzle for the Thrasian Stranglers lead. Every time you find it, it's it's totally randomized. It might send you to a totally different part of the map. Um, so it's, uh, you know, no one's going to be able to copy each other. There'll be like strategies and stuff that people can share. But you're going to have to solve the puzzle on your own every time, it seems like. There went my entire content for this year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of the questions. I need to go watch that that uh, that live stream of Antiquities. But um, that was one of my questions. Is it how, Did they talk about the mythic items? How those? Is it just RNG on whether you get those? Or when you get one, is it for sure going to give you a mythic item? Or is it specific for... I think the An RNG, item. I think the most RNG heavy thing is finding the lead that you need to like start that quest. Um, but then when you get the lead, it's for a specific mythic item. I think so. I might have to watch it again. But yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, it will, it, it's for a specific item and you're like basically guaranteed to get it unless you like let the lead expire, you know. Um, Exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not. You, you have to do some stuff. You have to like figure out how to get it. But you may, you might take you several tries depending on how hard it is. But uh, you get to keep trying over and over. Sure, I just like the idea of of you know if you 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 can just kind of 
go through your list, you know, they expire, but you can say, all right, I definitely want to do these. I'm not really worried about these, these, if these expire, if I don't get around to them, that's fine. Yeah. I just like the ability to kind of be able to prioritize them. Yeah. And what's interesting too, is these leads are not tradable, right? It's a quest. So you can't give them to other players. It's just your own thing. Uh, and I think most of the actual mythic items are going to be bound. Um, so it's just kind of an interesting thing there. Um, I'm account account bound, right? Not character bound. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, surely. Um, I think that's all I had to say before moving on to PTS stuff. Do you guys have anything you want to add before we do? Uh, on PTS, I I have a handful of notes that I wrote down here, and feel free to chime in with anything you guys have as well. Um, so in the Crown Store, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, so already right now you can purchase vampire and werewolf skill lines just straight out. You can just buy them. Um, they're changing it, um, to work more like other skill lines. So now you actually have to have already leveled up a werewolf or vampire to max before they'll let you purchase the skill line straight out from the, from the crown store. I thought that was surprising. Seems they already have their foot in the door to just straight out sell them. You know, uh, and now they're like imposing this limitation. Like, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people willing to pay for these things this next patch. Uh, and they're like saying they're like they're limiting how much sales they can get off this thing. I thought that was really interesting and very surprising. Yeah. Why really would cool. they make that call? I, I actually I'm excited about it. it. It's it's I look at it as I'm really excited to see that Zoss is, you know, um, they're they they. This to me screams that they they do hold quality in a high regard, and that this could just be a huge cash cow for them. And they're not looking at it as a cash cow; they're actually, you know, making it more, you know, because by doing this, what they're gonna, what they're really creating is a much more um, culture and environment of players sharing, you know, vampire and werewolf bites and yeah. players are going to have to interact more. And that's, and those, you know, that, that, that's going to have to be the major way that this happens. And it's going to create a lot of interaction. People are going to be looking for vampire bites or uh, werewolf bites. I think, I think it's really cool. I think that uh, yeah. anytime that a company looks like they're, that they have a cash cow and they're going to say, no, we think this would be more fun. I think that's exactly what you want to see. Oh, yeah. I think it's a good thing. It took me by surprise just since, I mean, like I said, they already had their foot in the door, so they could have just, you know, let that be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's neat that they seem to just want to be consistent with the other skill lines and, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's a good thing for sure. Another thing, and this was, this was in the patch notes last time too, but we just didn't, I don't think we brought it up. Um, there are now alliance change tokens. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about this, but the I think players are pretty mixed on this. And I want to know what you guys have to say about it. How do you feel about Alliance Lock and Cyrodiil? Why don't we start with Grim? Oh, yep. Oh, I see. Go right ahead, dude. <laughs> I was just oh, getting it started with someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I was, because uh, I love that whole idea, but um, I was just going to ask, like, so I guess, why do people feel mixed? What's their concern about that? Um. Well, yeah, there's there's two different kinds of players in Cyrodiil, right? There's players who really care about the campaign. They really want their side to win, and that's what it's all about for them. Uh, and there are other players like me who I'm just looking for PvP. I just want to go out and get into fights with other players. I'm not even aware of who's winning most of the time, you know. Uh, and so I think 
depending on what kind of player you are determines what side of this this conversation you're on. Uh, if you really care about the campaign and that's what it's all about, then alliance lock is a good thing because uh, it you know there's not as much spying and cheating and that that sort of thing. But if you just want to PvP, alliance lock kind of sucks because I'm locked out of playing with a third of my characters each campaign, and the others the other campaigns are dead. That's always the argument that's brought up: is there's other campaigns. No one's in those campaigns, so it's it's not the same thing. Um, you know, and then sometimes you'll log on and say, like, DC is super dominant, and everywhere you go, it's just DC everywhere you go. Um, and so, like, if I'm locked to my DC characters, I can't find any fights because it's just my own people everywhere. Um, so I would like to log on with a, my, an EP character so I can go fight against DC, actually engage in some PvP. But I don't have those options as it is right now. So that... That's my side of that com that conversation. I think, you know, that's one side of that conversation. And the other side is, well, people faction hop, people cheat, people will log in with their AD character and then give all their secrets over to EP or whatever, you know, and that stuff does happen. So I, I get it. I get the complaint. Honestly, I think this is a nice way to just solve it for everyone. Um, I think some people are concerned, like, oh, people are just going to keep buying tokens and faction hopping. But you know what? Before, you didn't need tokens to faction hop. You could just do it <laughs> right away. I think at least charging real world money to do it is going to greatly limit the number of times that's actually happening. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make a one-time big purchase of a bunch of these tokens and move all my characters to one faction. It's problem solved for me and everyone else can do whatever they want to do. Maybe that's the answer to why they could make the move on the vampire and werewolf skill lines and not try and use it for uh, monetary gain because they know that the Alliance change tokens are going to more than carry. Going to compensate. Compensate. Yeah. I bet so, a lot of people are going to be doing that for sure. Yeah. I, so worst case scenario, I guess where the Alliance change tokens cause harm is you have a full guild and the full guild is competitive in PVP and they get tired of fighting the good fight or whatever. And they decide let's go over to DC. And so they decide to move their main PVP tunes over to DC and now DC has more of an impact on the map. And uh -huh. we might see the scales kind of tip a little bit. Um, and maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. But I would say that that's probably worst case scenario. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you could just create another tune. Wait until I can create. And if I want to be AD, I just wait until reset right. and then home on my AD. And it's yeah. a... If a guild wants to switch away. factions, they can do that right now, right? Maybe they can't switch their main, but they can just level right. a new one, an identical build, and do that. Yeah, and so I think it's a convenience thing for them. Now, for you, you're a perfect example. Um, you have uh, someone that a tune that you really love on DC, but you want to be able to run with us right. in the sewers. So it makes sense for you to be able to move that to EP. You, at the end of the day, you could do the same thing. Just rebuild them. Um, like I've literally leveled 50 or 60 tunes to CP uh -huh. with no intentions of keeping them. Just 
enjoying the ride and, and trying new things and trying new builds, get them to CP. And I'm like, well, I already have a sampler. So <laughs> see ya, you know, yeah. or I already got a mag DK. So, uh, you know, see ya. But I know that that process for some people might not, they're, they're in a race to get to end game. But for me, it was enjoying the ride. Yeah. But let me start off with these, the Alliance change tokens. Okay. These don't affect me much. Right, right. <laughs> every, every character I, I own is a Nord. So every single person is EP. Right. Um, but they all uh, own Stoons. They, <laughs> they all will Stoons all down. own Stoons. <laughs> they will all, all Stoons Goons. Um, but I, I actually think this is, uh, to a lot of the points that people have made, I think this is overall a great change. I think, and Grim kind of, I think, had talked a little bit about this, but, you know, with the spying and things like that, you know, I know that that's the one big fear is that people can spy. You could just create a brand new character, hop over to, you know, a different faction um, and and still be a spy yeah. if you were that dedicated to spying on somebody. And so, you've made this point before too, Davius, that... Spying happens in real world wars. That's, you know? I was just about I was just about to get to that. Okay. So yeah, one of the one of the coolest things about Cyrodiil is that it's you know they did a great job of making it like a real war. It's this massive space. There's keep. There's keeps. There's siege weapons. You know you you have to run. You know everybody has to mount up and go to different locations. So you know they did a good job of making it like this real war. Uh, there's a lot of spying in real war. That's a huge part. Espionage is a huge part of it. So if people are really that dedicated and they want to focus that much, uh, I think it's only going to add up just a little bit more excitement. Um, you know I don't do a whole lot of Cyrodiil, but I can't think of just. A, a moment that was just, you know, an entire group was being so secretive with clans that uh, things would just be completely and totally wrecked if there was a spy amongst the group. I think it just uh, could only make things more fun. Um, I think that, you know, and uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about this later, but I think this is huge in the right direction of, of uh, you know, right now with BGs being solo queue, I think that this is nice to have more players be able to play with friends with their different characters. Yes. This kind of opens up an avenue for that. So I think that's totally. huge right now. Yeah, totally. Uh, I really hope that that uh, grouping comes back for BGs. We keep alluding to it. It's a topic we're going to get to. <laughs> Just hang in there. Um, Let the anticipation build. <laughs> we should move on. Uh, I just wanted to read this uh, thing here. I just thought it was kind of interesting. They say, in an effort to address many input delays, the cooldown for activating an ability after weapon swapping has been reduced from 500 milliseconds to 250 milliseconds uh, to better match the animation. So, um, you know, you can, you can animation cancel uh, an ability by weapon swapping, and then there's a short... I guess 500 millisecond delay before you're actually allowed to cast another ability. Uh, they're shortening that delay now. So I thought that was interesting because they're just making animation canceling easier and they seem to have been making efforts in the opposite direction lately. <laughs> they, uh, they clearly have a lot of thoughts about animation canceling, but <laughs> I don't know if they know what all those thoughts are. They definitely, <laughs> they want some changes with animation canceling, yeah. but they can't make up their mind on changes. I mean, they say they're trying to address the input delays and that's, that's the reasoning. So I guess that's just a side effect, but hopefully it has an effect on that because that bug is super annoying. Yeah. That affects a uh, high action per minute. Certainly. Players, you okay. know, so they'll like they'll like seeing that that oh, won't yeah. affect a lot of other players so yeah any anyone who does a lot of weapon swapping animation canceling i think this is going to be a good thing for 
like probably most of us here. Um, so basically they say all the sets from the Kynes Aegis trial have been reduced in their total effectiveness. And they said this because it's a, they had an error in calculating their uh, set bonus efficiency. So they had some mathematical problem there. So uh, Kynes Wind, uh, they're reducing the stamina and Magicka restored to 399 per tick instead of 508. So that's the one where it just creates a big pool of Kynes Blessing on the ground. We don't know how big it is, right? Um, so just bringing that down a little bit. Still super strong, I think. Um, Roaring Opportunist, this is the one I've seen the most talk about on the forums. So as a reminder, this is the set where Last time we talked, when you do a, a heavy attack to an off-balance target, it gives Major Slayer to your whole trial group for 10 seconds, has a 22-second cooldown. Uh, now it no longer requires the target to be off-balance, uh, and the duration is based on the amount of damage done from the heavy attack that procced it. Uh, so rather, rather than just a, a flat 10-second duration, uh, the duration will be based on how, how hard that heavy attack hits. Um, and there's some kind of some ridiculous math here. Oh, 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 it's a five second minimum. So even if your heavy attack hits for hardly anything, you're at least gonna get five seconds out of it. Uh, and then you get one extra second for every 8,000 damage dealt from the heavy attack, uh, 12 seconds max. That seems like an incredibly high number. <laughs> uh, so if you want the full 12 seconds, <laughs> How much damage? If you want the, the full twelve seconds, your Eight heavy times attack, your heavy attack <laughs> needs to hit for ninety six thousand. Oh, piece of cake! How's stoons. Better, stoons. better get that stoons on. <laughs> get that stoons. Ninety six thousand heavy attack. They say these changes were done to help reinforce this set as a damage dealing set. Uh, and to help ensure builds who specialize into heavy attacks are aptly rewarded compared to those who do not. So they want this to be a heavy attack set. If somebody is hitting for 96k heavy attacks, like I'm, I'm going to watch out for that person. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've never tried making a heavy attack build, so maybe that's achievable. I, I don't. I really don't know. I know like a Dragon Knight has an ability that. What is it, like a 40% increase to their heavy attacks? Mm -hmm. um, just seems like an outrageously high number. <laughs> seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're at least going to get five seconds out of it. Still, I think that cooldown is still 22 seconds. So it seems like a pretty substantial nerf to that particular set. Okay, Varol's Command. Uh, so this was the tanking set. Uh, this is the one where you do a heavy attack and you give a major Aegis to yourself and five nearby allies for 10 seconds, and that can happen every 28 seconds. Uh, the cooldown is now going to be 36 seconds. So that's the only change really being made there. Longer cooldown. Kind of lame because people seemed kind of meh on this set already. So I understand their calculations maybe weren't quite right, but, uh, you know, Need to spice this one up a little bit, I think. Yandir's Might. This is the one that we were really excited about last time. Uh, as a reminder, this is the one where you deal crit damage and you build up these stacks of stamina recovery, uh, and then you do a heavy attack and you, you trade that stamina recovery for weapon damage based on how many stacks you had. Uh, so the more stacks, more damage. Um, so now you're going to get 69 stamina recovery per stack instead of 100. 
So that's uh, that's a total of 345 instead of 500 stamina recovery when you have all the stacks. Um, and the weapon damage per stack is now 111 instead of 158. So that'll be a total of 555 weapon damage instead of 790. So you're looking at 345 stamina recovery uh, versus 555 of weapon damage is what the set is offering you now. So I think it's really good. Uh, 345 is a lot of recovery. Like if you just thought, if you just think a five piece set that just gives that to you at all times, you would be pretty stoked about that, I think. Um, and as well as 555 weapon damage, pretty good too. I mean, everyone is using New Moon Acolyte right now, and that's what, 450? So s still solid. Not as, I mean, we were like salivating over this thing last time. Uh, <laughs> now it's just more like, oh yeah, cool, good set. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm still excited about the set. I think it can still be a, a really good set, but it's not, uh, it's not like this. Everybody's probably going to have a, a set of this. Yeah. Still a super cool idea for a set. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, try not to get too upset. They nerfed students' favor. Okay. This is outrageous. Outrageous. I, I, you leave our students alone. Yeah. This is yeah. clearly a sign. Zoss is listening to the podcast. <laughs> they, they've heard about students' goons. They're terrified, and they make immediate changes. It's just outrageous. They, they don't want to see the Stoon squad. We, yeah, we it. haven't even had a goon night yet, and they're already nerfing. I mean, just outrageous. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're like obligated to be outraged anytime <laughs> they touch this set, right? How dare they? Um, all right, they're, uh, they're reducing the penetration. So this is the one that you get before you got 13,355 penetration against <laughs> off-balance enemies. Outrageous. Now you're going to get uh, 11,130. So like 2,000 less. Uh, and they said the reason is to better account for its AoE effectiveness. Um, so still a ton of penetration, still going to be the meta. <laughs> Don't worry if you're listening out there, Stoon Schoons, we're still, we're, we're still, st we're still operating. We're still together. We're still doing still it. We're happening. still pumping out sets of, <laughs> sets of Stoons to every goon that comes through the door. So far that has been, you know, zero, but we're going to, you know, we're going to get them. It's only going to uh, go up from here. Yeah. I'm going to have to start doing my writs and keep my mats piled up so I can keep crafting these things what if i just stop doing pvp entirely and i just full time i'm just crafting stoons for everyone that's just <laughs> what it becomes yeah we'll never see you again yeah. you just you have a list of 40 people sorry guys <laughs> i gotta get these stoons out there people need it yep. they're not op enough um i can't remember if we mentioned this last time or not battle spirit is now gonna decrease your healing taken by 60 percent rather than 50 percent. so you're gonna have a little bit harder time healing up in pvp um, goes along with a lot of the other changes that have been made recently. Um, and then this one, this one I actually want to talk about for just a minute here. Um, so your character is going to get a new base stat. They're going to get critical resistance as a base stat. And right now on PTS, um, the amount is 1,350. When you're, when you're a level 50 character, you're going to have that amount of critical resistance right off the bat. This is something, this is maybe my very favorite thing in this whole patch. I may have, I may have said that about a couple of things, but this one, for real this time, okay? <laughs> for real this time. <laughs> I Wait really, a minute. I it's really got to be your second favorite. Stoons. I mean, don't mm -hmm. All right. Don't overlook Stoons, kids. Second favorite. Fine. <laughs> um, so this means that now 
So right right now in in the live game, if you're wearing a full full M pen on all seven of your armor pieces, you're going to have one thousand eight hundred six critical resistance, right? And that's before CP. Um, so now with this change, you'll get that same amount of critical resistance with with just three M pen pieces. Actually, slightly more. It's eighteen sixty six instead of eighteen oh six. So. Um, you know, you can choose, okay, well, do you just want to go extra high on the crit resist, crit resist and just go all seven M-Pen anyway? Or like in my case, I'm thinking, well, I'm already comfortable playing with this amount of critical resistance. So if I can just keep being comfortable with that, I have the option to go for well-fitted on all of my stamina characters, uh, which I think is probably what I'm going to do. So I think that's I think that's really exciting and it's kind of... I think this is going to accomplish their goal of making um, the M pen trait just maybe slightly less necessary in PvP. I know not everyone feels this way, and some people feel like I don't know. It's like sort of dumbing things down for people. But I mean, anything that's making more variety and more diversity in builds viable and possible, I'm I'm always going to be a fan of. I, I really like this a lot. Yeah, this brings in this brings in other traits into PvP, which is huge. Because right now, if you, if you're not wearing full impen, then uh, or or impreg, if you don't have full impen, like those, yeah. it's those two, or you're just you're not going to be effective. So this is bringing in more traits into PvP, which I think is really cool. Yeah, <clears throat> it's cool. I like um, like in and in CP, if you mostly hang out in CP environments. You could probably easily get away with doing no impen whatsoever. Just just compensate with champion points. Uh, still get a very good amount of critical resistance and just and just go all well fitted or all divines or, or all infused or whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of cool options here. This is such a simple thing for them to add, and I think it's going to have a far reaching ramifications or, or ramifications. I don't know. That seems to have a negative. <laughs> connotation to it it's gonna have it's, i think it's gonna have a positive impact it's gonna be very very cool yeah it's like christmas for me both my night blades my night blade uh bowman and my night blade uh um stand blade two-hander mando neither one of them have impen on them at all they're 100 yeah. divine so i'm just gaining crit yeah. resistance now so that's great that's see that's freaking cool very very cool so i'm pumped about that um, all right. Any other uh, PTS stuff that you guys wanted to mention before we move on? All right. That's, I guess not. I actually need one more quick bio. Guys, I, I always like just chug like a gallon of coffee before this thing. So I have the, the energy for it. So give me just a bit. I'll be right back. All right, so uh, let's move on. We have a couple of other topics we want to talk about. And uh, since this is kind of related to PvP, I figured we would start with uh, with Grim here. So Grim, you want to talk a little bit about the current state of Battlegrounds and MMR and that kind of stuff? You want to kind of get us going here? Yep, timestamp it right now. We need to do whatever we can <laughs> to get the developers or whoever whoever's eyes we need to, or ears, we need to get them here listening to this because, um, I work with a lot of new players, um, intermediate and advanced players, but the, the new players right now, there's an outcry. And so I have 
three list of notes here for me. The first one is I think everybody, the developers included, everyone needs to remember what it's like to be a new player in PvP. They don't understand CCs. Uh, they don't even know what abilities to be putting on their bar or picking up, yeah. what abilities outperform other abilities or anything like that. And um, a, a reoccurring problem is they also do not understand weapon swapping. Uh-huh. They they want to function off of one bar as most as best they can. And so it's a process bringing them along th- with the weapon swapping um, situation. Um, they don't know how to heal themselves. We were joking about this on the last podcast that low, low B, um, low BBGs is kind of like the wild West. Like yeah. these, these two guys are over here hitting each other for the last two minutes and neither one of them can kill each other with light and heavy attacks and neither one of them are healing. And yeah. you know, you'll be standing next to a guy on your team that hasn't healed up the entire, he's at 25% health and hasn't healed the entire time you've been playing right. and it's just this crazy like what the heck is going on they have no clue either they don't know what's going on they don't um for the most part know how to play the objective or what the objective is um and they don't know how to counter build so you have some abilities in your toolkit class wise that will make life easier for you when you run it up in run up against a sorcerer or run up against a dizzy swinger or whatever. And they don't realize like, man, I'm just getting annihilated. I need to drop this ability off my bar and put this ability here and it's going to make my life easier. Yeah. And, um, they also don't, um, understand basic maneuvering, um, you know, how not to get pinched or sandwiched, you know, right. to move as a group and a basics. One. Yeah, that make the make your life so much easier. They don't know how to spot healers and they don't know how to spot threats, you know, in a team fight. Um, they're pretty much the first shiny thing that they see. I'm going to, you know, do my I'll stand right in the middle of the fight and take damage from all around me just to try and kill this one person right. who is low. And, and I, mean, I remember um, being that person. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm working with on a daily basis. And I enjoy it because we're trying to enlighten or uh, increase their level of understanding. And I understand where they're coming from too. Um, So I'm trying to give them a game plan on what abilities they need to get access to and why. And then we set up training scenarios for them to practice it, whether it be a dueling one V one situation and they're having a hard time versus stamina players the dizzy swingers are just annihilating them, eating their face. And so I jump on a stamina player and I teach them how to stand a better chance against that in that one V one scenario. And we go through and work through it all. But anyways, in this time frame that they've dropped the battleground groupings. Um, and I think the primary reason was they were saying that pre-maids were ruining um, pre-maids were ruining the experience for PVP, um, especially the newer players. And then you brought this up perfectly that I think what we're seeing at this point is it wasn't always pre-maids. It was just people that had a good grasp or a good understanding of what they should be doing, how I, to play the objective. I and strongly believe that pre-maids were never as much of an issue as people thought. Exactly. And I, 
we hands down are seeing that right now. It's that's proven that people just have a basic understanding of what they need to be doing. And, and you'll, (laughs) there's people in BGs right now that'll say, I hate (laughs) pre-mades, you know, a new player. And it's like, yeah, that's not even a thing. These people just know what they're doing. I was cracking jokes after the the patch went live when they, when they got rid of um, grouping because I would, I would jump into some matches and I'd be on a team where we'd have that same old experience where there's one super dominant team. We just get flattened <laughs> the moment we put our toe on the ground, you know, so I would, I would just say in chat, damn pre-maids, you know, even though I knew very well. There are no pre-maids, you know? uh, yeah. I think it's crazy. And this has just been my experience. I could be wrong on this. You know, Zoss would have the data, but from my experience, it has, Battlegrounds have been greatly, greatly reduced just in how many people are actually doing them. I mean, I think we mentioned this last week. Me and Kit are in a strictly a guild that was just strictly Battlegrounds. That's what it was all about. Um, and that guild is now doing trial runs. Like, I don't even think they're doing Battlegrounds that often anymore. They're doing trial runs. We've seen them in Imperial City, which, you know, they're doing other parts of the game. But it's just crazy to think that this Battleground focus guild these pvp focus used to just uh they're just they just don't have fun with battlegrounds anymore it seems like it just and um it's so odd because it seems like of all the pvp modes battlegrounds is like the one it's made for teams you know like it seems like the whole idea is put a team together and go put it up against other teams and see what you can do you know it's like the i feel like the core component has been totally removed you know you want to I've always felt like Cyrodiil was the solo player's kind of playground. Um, I guess that's just my perception or whatever, but it's um, it's a it's a weird thing. I was fully expecting grouping to come back this patch, and it, it's it's sad that it's not there. And kind of to what Grim was saying, for for new players, you know, basically Battlegrounds is where I learned to be good at PvP because it's it's really the only place that you can queue up, you can get in there and just start fighting people and get a whole bunch of experience, firsthand experience right out of the gate. Uh, and, you know, and it, and it continues for a 15 minute long duration, constant nonstop action, you against other players. Um, and so your teeth get sharpened really fast, just doing that over and over and over again. You learn those ropes, you get forced to learn those ropes quickly. Whereas say like Imperial City, it's it's a lot different. There's there's for one there's NPCs and stuff like that all over, all over the place. You may or may not even see other players. If you do, there's a good chance you're going to be uh, totally outnumbered or just totally outclassed by a player who's been playing way longer than you because there's no matchmaking going on there. Uh, you know, battlegrounds is the ideal place for someone to learn how to PvP. Um, and if you can't group up, if you can't take a buddy with you to kind of alleviate that that newness um it's it's definitely off-putting absolutely off-putting bingo the my second set of notes are i i actually went and kind of did a an interview all these players these new players to the game we're talking under a year these people have been playing the game and i met most of them in imperial city and the reason they're down there is because they cannot play in bgs with their friends um, and they're literally, that's how they're we like, met. I was imperial yeah. city for that reason. And that's yeah. how we met. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we know we're going to die, but when we're cool with us dying together, 
you know? So I, I basically, I said, so what would be your, what, what's your reasoning, um, reasons for grouping from a new player perspective? Okay. Why would you want to see them add grouping in BGs back? And this is from all of them are new players under a year of experience, all of them. Uh, one person said, it's an MMO. I want to play with my friends. Right. And it was as simple I mean, as that. Ob- that's obvious answer number one, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, come on. <laughs> like, do we even yeah. need to answer this question? Yeah. yeah. It's an MMO. I want right. to play with my friends. Another person said, PVP is scary. I need to play with friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's an intimidation factor and they would rather play with friends. Sure. Another person said, two people who don't know what they are doing is better than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, we're, we're playing a, a mass multiplayer online game that has a major feature of it that is not, you know, it's, multiplayer. It, I mean, and it's team based. I mean, I think that's the thing that blows my mind. It's a team based activity. You know, like how how does it make sense that you can only queue up solo? Right, right. Then, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, and then like, so you you you're on you're on a four person team, and now you're asking a bunch of randoms to work together as a team, and then you see a, a very um, clear difference in you know the groups that can manage to do that. They just steamroll the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was playing a bunch of BGs this week, and one guy was like, "Man, the other team's playing like a pre made." Yeah, you know, and they're all, and we're all, you know, we're we're twelve people all randomly put together, and you know, you know, luckily for them, they, you know, the other guys figured it out. But in in that situation, I was like, man, if we can get our stuff together, then yeah, we could, you know, maybe put up a nice, uh, um, you know, um, and you know, meet them head on. Yeah. But you know, again, I'm all alone essentially, and I can't do much. So you know, what can I do? Just try to avoid getting uh caught you know one v four or whatever but then now um, am i forced to just play smarter which i try to do or you know just make a, a build that can handle a one vx type situation for for no cpbgs yeah you know which is hard, yeah hard to do without champion points well uh, and i think i think grim brings up a great point too for every just stacked loaded expert pre-made group that's in there there's probably another group that is not great, but they're just friends joining up that they're also, they also count as a pre-made, you know, but they're mm-hmm. just joining up to have fun. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just. And I think people overestimate just how, how much of an advantage comms give you can be a huge advantage. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like we like we keep saying a lot of the groups that we have perceived as pre-mades in the past we're seeing groups that behave exactly that same way right now. They stay together. They know how to position. They avoid sandwiches. Uh, and they're all just four people who have played PvP before and they know what to do. You know, so they don't need someone on the microphone telling them where to go, who to focus, all that sort of stuff. It's They do it all the time. So it's just second nature, you know. Uh, I think that that battleground guild ran if if four of those guys randomly get put together they do not need to be on comms that Absolutely team not. will be a force yeah certainly yeah it, one one person said i don't um i'm more likely to stick with it with friends and so basically it's telling me they're on the fence about sticking with pvp at all but they're more likely to 
take the time out of their day to do PVP if it's with somebody. They're not going to do it by themselves. And so it's steering people like that, of that mindset, away from PVP, um, where uh, Battlegrounds utilizing an MMR, it will put them in a position to succeed or kind of bring them along instead of throwing them to the wolves. Like, you're only group experience for pvp is going to be open world Cyrodiil or imperial city and who knows what you'll run into yeah um another thing too all of these people that i talked to every one of them um would not list themselves as somebody that's the frontliner that's going to be the person that is going to go kill the enemy if there were four people coming at you none of these people said oh i'm going to be the one that's going to kill them they all said, I'm going to be the one that's going to keep the team alive or try and keep the team alive or support uh-huh. every one of them under a year of experience was support first. And that's important to know, I think, because th- those are the basic, maybe it's a small sample size, but the majority of the people were all support minded, not I can kill yeah. those people. It's because they just don't have enough know-how or do-how yet to, to kill them. They don't even know what their abilities do, let alone what those other players' abilities do. And so I, I think that with that basic understanding that most everybody is support-based, they should la- allow at least two-man parties together um, because there's a high likelihood that one, if not both of them are support minded because they're a new player. They don't know anything other than that yet. Yeah. So these were all comments from a bunch of people under a year of experience and they're just lost and they want grouping for battlegrounds back. So, yeah, I think new players and experienced players alike are it's basically just one voice in unison saying bring the groups back uh i think when they when they first implemented the the no grouping actually were quite a few people saying heck yeah thank goodness get out of here pre-maids your time Mm -hmm. is over um i don't know i just i feel like those those people had a misunderstanding of, of where the issues are coming from um and I think anything we could say at this point is really just repeating ourselves or just really want grouping to come back. I think yeah, most people are uh, in agreement there. Uh, all right, let's move on from Battlegrounds. Uh, Davius, you had a special topic that you wanted to <laughs> uh, to bring up regarding this uh, this Nord guy that we see in these trailers, right? Oh, yeah. So go a little more lightheartedness here. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so this week, I uh, just randomly actually just kind of went into a deep dive of the trailers. I just re- was rewatching the Greymore trailer, and then I just kind of went down that rabbit hole and went all the way back and watched the original game trailer, which I hadn't seen. I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen that in years. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great trailer. It's, I think the, when you piece every piece together, it's like 20 minutes long, but it's fantastic. Uh, and then uh, one of the coolest things that I realized that I hadn't seen that trailer in so long is that the NPCs from that original trailer are the reoccurring characters from all these new expansion trailers. So mm-hmm. originally in that trailer, there's a, a, a Breton, uh, an Altmer, and a Nord. Uh, and then for every expansion, they at least one of them have a, appeared back in it, uh, except for um, the Morrowind, where they actually introduced the Warden. So it was kind of a new character being introduced. But um, 
I just thought it was really cool that they're taking those same characters and they're kind of continuing the story of, of those characters still, still kind of, uh, sticking around. That is cool. Um, this continuous thread throughout the lifespan yeah. of the game. Yeah. Um, it is really cool. And, uh, so I have to mention, I've got to bring it up, uh, and even, you know, uh, the Nord character. Now I know I'm biased towards Nords, uh, <laughs> but this guy definitely seems like the biggest badass among the three. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just does. I mean, so going back to the original trailer, he, he takes the, the Altmer as a prisoner of war, totally utilizes her as and, and, and takes her as a prisoner of war. Uh, shout out to Stoon there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, and then he actually fights the Breton one-on-one, beats him, actually kills the Breton, and then he's the only one that goes on in the final trailer to fight Manamarco. It doesn't show uh, doesn't show that fight, but he's the only one that's at that that end fight. Well, then later on, uh, he the Breton actually comes back to life. He's introduced as the Necromancer in the mm-hmm. Elsewhere trailer. Uh, the Altmer comes back for the Somerset trailer. Um, the uh, the Altmer has a vision of her dying in the Somerset trailer, just saying. Um, <laughs> the Breton, he's already died. Well, Greymore, the Nord, comes back. We get to see him in his own unique trailer. And what does he do? Just hanging out with Lyris. Uh, they're the only two that can, can dominate these vampires. So <laughs> Never know, lost a fight, I, this guy. I, never lost a fight. <laughs> the guy's just unstoppable. So <laughs> this is basically, this is just Davius's segment to just another example of why Nords are superior. Uh, <laughs> this is just the, the, the weekly Davius, the never-ending Nord, Nord segment of the week here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nord master class. Yeah. Master race. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had to, I had to mention that little, that little cool, cool note that I found. All right. Um, those videos were so well done. Anytime that I'm talking to someone about the game um, and they ha- they don't know what it is or whatever and they're looking for an MMO, I send them all of those. That, you know, there are people that have put them all together. Yeah. And I send them that and I say, watch this, you know, and if that doesn't get your blood pumping, you know, then this isn't the game for you. They do such a fantastic job on those trailers. They really do. Those trailers are. I'm always excited when a new one comes out. They do a fantastic. Yeah, job. that studio. I can't remember the name, but they they do a lot of trailers for a lot of different games. They always do great work. Is it Zenimax that makes them, or do they have no, like a they another like, company? They contract out some other studio that like does this kind of like CGI work. I think they made like Overwatch trailers and stuff like that too. Okay. What else you got, Davies? So the other thing I was going to talk, I was just going to bring up, you know, as I said last week, I'm really into housing, really excited about housing. So I was going to talk about the upcoming uh, upcoming Graymore housing. They're introducing the two new homes, um, the Proud Spire Manor, and then I'm probably going to butcher the name on this, but uh, Bastion Sanguinaris. Okay. Um, I, I so I'm excited. Obviously, the 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 Bastion Sanguinaris is like this very vampire themed. Looks like a massive house. Is that it the looks one very in Blackreach? Cool. That one is in Blackreach. I previewed that one on PTS, and I want it for my vampire <laughs> magblade. It's so, way yeah. out of my price range, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that one seems awesome, and I I've I've done some quick previews of them, and I probably 
Uh, I just watched some preview videos. I probably need to actually get in and look at them. I can say I'm slightly, I don't want to say disappointed. It's too strong a word because I'm not <laughs> disappointed. But I just, I expected a more, you know, we're in Skyrim. I expected a more Nord themed home. And I know, I know they have this Proud Spire Manor, but uh, from the looks of it, it's not. It's not very uh, Nordy. It's not, a, it's not very Nordy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of just a really nice you know, really nice home. Okay. Um, and I could be wrong about it. Maybe when I actually get in there and look around, it could be, uh, and it's still early, you know, you, we all know they're going to release more homes coming out, but, uh, I really kind of expected the most Nord style, uh, house yet to be, to kind of come out with this expansion. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that, uh, what's a, what's a Nord style house? Like what's it missing or, or, or well, so the best example I can give is to relate back to another house, which I think is the, like the, the epitome of a Nord home. Uh, it's, it's huge, but the, the Hackville's high hall, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that home, but mm-hmm. it's in the game. It's in Craglorn. You can go, uh, you can go do a tour of it, but that is like the epitome to me of like a Nord home. It has an arena in it. It's got this big, like, you know, high hall home in the middle of it. Uh, it's got, you know, it's, it's a huge home. So it has got like the walls and the, so and the big tower grand and halls but, and like pillars and things like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you just think of like, um, I don't know, like, uh, uh, to kind of relate it to something outside of the game, very like, a like a Beowulf, if anybody's familiar with, with mm-hmm. that whole story. It's yep, kind of that, yep. that, any, you know, kind of Viking culture, I really kind of expected something along those lines. And these two new homes didn't really quite uh, capture that. But like I said, they'll probably be able to release stuff down the road. So, yeah. Uh, cool, man. Housing, exciting stuff. <laughs> exciting housing. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. So I think we are coming to a close here. Uh, this next section here is where we would read e- emails if there were any, but there are not. Uh, but that's to be expected because we're just now kind of getting stuff started here. Um, so uh, if you would like to send us an email and possibly, you know, have us read it on here or just to share some ideas and thoughts, feedback, anything like that. I made a brand new email address. It's scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, no G at the end. Scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know any thoughts, questions, comments, anything like that. Any discussion topics that you'd maybe like us to to talk about right here at during this section or whatever um all good stuff so uh feel free to send it this way i don't actually expect many or anyone to send an email anytime soon because it's still pretty small but we'll still keep this section here and if nothing else it'll just become a recurring joke about how nobody writes us any emails we'll start we'll start creating (laughs) what we would imagine an email would look yeah yeah we'll come up with (laughs) hypothetical like here's what someone might have written you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally um, or, oh, look, this email's from IC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and also any corrections. That's another email you could say if we just are just factually incorrect about something, because I don't always feel like Googling something in the moment as we're talking. So I I might throw out a number or something that's that's wrong. Uh, feel free to, to toss that correction in a polite way, and I will acknowledge it here. Um, any closing remarks from any of you guys? 
reach out and join up join up with students goons get up with the students goons send me an in-game email at Kit Sparrowhawk or you can email scrollingpodcast at gmail.com let us know you want to be a goon um you know let it tell us a little something about your commitment to students uh, no, just kidding no just just tell us you want to be at the guild you're you're guaranteed in. it's a guaranteed you're in the guild right away um all right, I guess we will say goodbye to everyone. Grim, where can we find you if we want to? Um, Grim, Grim's Forge Gaming on YouTube and then just at Grim's Forge. Um, and I am usually spend most of my time in Imperial City uh, CP. And I'm down in the um, Ebonheart Pack EP base. So if you ever need help or you want to... Uh, group up with me or whatever just type in um zone chat you know hey grim are you online and th- we'll we'll make it happen awesome cool thanks man uh i see where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to uh in game at ic fire 369 um, i'm usually rolling with grim in the sewers or off doing my own thing sweet sweet cool good to have you here man uh davia star jumper where can people get a hold of you so uh, at Star Jumper in game, um, or like you know, like all of us, we're in Imperial City a lot uh, on the on the EP side. So if you guys see us or fight with us, even if you're fighting against us, uh, against us, send us a whisper. Um, we're we're all about talking. Yeah, and uh, a word of advice: if you are uh, on an enemy faction and you encounter us, uh, if you just sheath your weapon, more than likely we're just going <laughs> to leave you alone. All right, just. Uh, <laughs> Just a little tip there. And that, that's not sarcastic. That's actually yeah. true. We're we're pretty we're a pretty chill group. So, yeah. But just for just a warning, if you're on the tracks, the train ain't stopping. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes we just get going. I wish I could remember what that one guy's at name was that just kept coming out and throwing himself at the lion and kept uh, trying. And I really Fez appreciate something. that. Fez something. Yeah. Something. Fez. Yeah. Fez and he was DC, right? Was it DC? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was DC. A- it DC? AD. I think it was AD, AD actually. It yeah. was AD. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I really was impressed with his go get him attitude. So. Yeah, he kept – we were just right outside AD's base in the sewers and just, just trying to get a fight going down there. Uh, we actually ended up pulling quite a few of them. I put a video up on YouTube of it actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude, Fez, is actually pretty good. I think 1v1, he would have put up uh, a pretty good fight against any one of us. Uh, yeah. But man, he just, we'd put him down and he would just shoot right back out there over and over and over again, just like full throttle, <laughs> man, putting everything he had into it every time. Uh, so I felt like a little bit Was that bit the of a, Sork that was streaking through constantly? No, he was a Stamplar. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that yeah. Sork, I, I do not have the same feelings towards that Sork. <laughs> <laughs> you do not get honorable mention, Sork. Yeah, I don't I don't I didn't catch their at name. Um because that's you know, all they like, were doing, just streaking around. Yeah. You know what? It's just a it's just a common it's just a common saying. Streak me once, shame on me. Streak me twice, shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, yep, just like my mother taught me. Uh, that, that sounds bad. <laughs> okay, different kind of streak, guys. We're talking about the rules online. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can look me up in game at Cat Sparrowhawk. That's also my Twitter handle at Cat Sparrowhawk. You can email me at catsparrowhawk at gmail.com. Put a link to the Discord and the description of this uh, episode. 
and I think that's the end of the podcast. Anything else? Be safe out there. Yeah. Take care. See ya. Uh, you know what is your profession and everybody in the in the guild just says stone stones I could see that going on like if we're all in the uh, Imperial City you know uh, D swinging and then every time we get a kill everyone's like stones 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 <laughs> just yell it out in zone uh, me and Ked have been joking about for, for the proposed goon night that we've, we've got to pick out like a costume yeah that ridiculous costume yeah that is easily attainable for everybody in the group and we all dye it you know crazy colors or dye it the same color so that we're easily <laughs> noticeable yeah. students goons you could do um, the tabards and you could design the tabards and just ask everybody to wear the, wear the tabards yeah yeah that's a good idea I haven't looked into the tabards much can you just make it anyone can any guild just make a tabard yeah, you can design your own tabard and then you make it they have to purchase it for like I don't know if you can set the price or not, but I've seen them yeah, a thousand or two thousand gold. So Yeah. Um but yeah, so the tabard might be a good way to go and it's right at their disposal. Yeah. That that sounds like yeah, we'll just make it like I don't know, bright pink or something. <laughs> <laughs> Like, have you guys played a Jedi Fallen Order, that that Star Wars game? I haven't. Not yet. It's a it's a really good game. There's a the main character you play as. He wears these like ponchos, and that's like a, a lot of the loot that you find in the game is just different ponchos to wear. One of them is like bright Pepto Bismol pink. <laughs> yeah. Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, let's not get into Pepto-Bismol stories. Or <laughs> it's a That's a dangerous road. <laughs> different podcast. <laughs> no U-turns on that road. <laughs> <laughs>